One player on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers might be the best in the league at his position, while an entire position group on the team needs to get it together. That and more on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. Your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into this Tuesday episode of Locked On Bucks, your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener view every single day. Don't forget you can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. And of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I am James Yarko at JYarko underscore Bucks. He is David Harrison at DHarrison82. Hosts of Locked On Box, credentialed members of the media covering your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I am the deputy editor of SB Nation's BucksNation.com. David is a staff writer over at Sports Illustrated's FanNation.com or FanNation site, BucksGameDay.com. And we are here with you every Monday through Friday, along with our everydayers. And we want to share our appreciation for your continued support of the show. Today's episode of Locked On Bucks brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. On today's episode of Locked On Bucks, we're going to stash some things, we're going to trash some things, and we're going to talk about the NFL starting to finally buy in to what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are selling, uh, putting them in front of more eyeballs coming up. Not this weekend, but next weekend. But first, James. Uh, I wasn't here for the live episode that you did following the Buccaneers thrilling win over the New Orleans Saints, but killed it as usual. Did a great job. Uh, shout out to all the everydayers and Bucks fans that showed up for that. Um, certainly a fun episode in a fun chat room. Uh, Ross Jackson will be healing for quite some time from uh, some of the wounds that he took in that live chat. But I did want to share a couple of thoughts from... Uh, my my version or what I saw in the game, and I know that you've already talked about uh, one part of this, which, by the way, Antoine Hemfield, um, I support that nickname. So I know there are some people who don't like that nickname, but I support that nickname uh, because Antoine Winfield Jr. not only is making himself look good, but he's making me look good because <laughs> preseason, offseason, the build up to the season, whatever you want to call it. I was pounding the table for Antoine Winfield Jr. to get the recognition that he deserves as one of the best safeties in the national football league not one of the best young safeties one of the best safeties in the national football league and he's finally starting to get it he's finally starting to get some of that recognition not just from bucks fans not just from lockdown bucks but from everybody and it's it's well well deserving i think that antoine winfield jr like i said he's entering that top tier of nfl safeties and if he can keep up the production that he's doing uh right now for the buccaneers he's going to be well in that conversation by the time the season uh, comes to a close following week four he now has 11 career sacks and thanks to uh, our friend scott smith senior writer and editor of buccaneers.com he is the buccaneers all-time leader in sacks among safeties already we all ranted and raved about how quickly tom brady was setting franchise records antoine winfield jr is setting franchise records at a similar clip uh likewise thanks to bucks communication specifically ben Yar yarrington of bucks communication who tweeted, quote, Antoine Winfield Jr. becomes the first player since Justin Houston in 2018 to record multiple games with five or more tackles, a sack, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery in a single game. Again, nobody since Justin Houston 2018 has done this in multiple games in one season, and Antoine Winfield Jr. has done it in four games this season. 
Uh, and, and again, nobody has done it uh, three times in a season, according to Pro Football Reference, which is a site that I like to use a lot as well. And I used it to find all these stats coming up here. Top 20 among safeties, defensive backs, and tackles. Tackles for loss, forced fumbles, fumble recoveries, sacks. Top two in fumble recoveries and sacks among all safeties and DBs in NFL history through their fourth seasons. Except, again, Antoine Winfield Jr. is four games through his fourth season. So he's not even close to finishing his fourth season. And he's already top 20, top two in so many different categories. And if you narrow that down to just second round safeties and DBs, which somehow when Antoine Winfield Jr. was a second round pick, he's top six and he's better than or within spitting distance of Buddha Baker in every single one of those categories. So James, Antoine Winfield Jr., on top of your amazing nickname, on top of what everybody's already said about him, just even though it's next day, still deserves his flowers uh, even more coming up for not just this, this performance, but what he's done uh, all season long. Yeah, no doubt about it. And I, I just did a quick check. You you said he's doing it through four weeks into his fourth season. But Antoine Winfield Jr. missed four games in each of the last two seasons. So really, yeah. even, even throwing out the additional 17th game, he's done all this in less than three complete old school seasons. Because... He's so good. He's so good, David. And I mentioned it on the live. Uh, for those that didn't watch it, please go back and watch it. Was, it was a real good time. Um, you and I talked all offseason about how Antoine Winfield Jr. was playing at an all-pro caliber level and was derailed by injuries. And he didn't get that all-pro love. He didn't get that Pro Bowl love. But it wasn't because he wasn't playing at that level. It's because he kept getting hurt and missing time. And when he would come back, he would still miss parts of games. So, yeah, Antoine Winfield Jr. is just, oh, my goodness, he's going to get so much money. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to get paid, and that's going to be a conversation we've got to have uh, here on the show, and I know that's coming up this week later on, so make sure you guys come back for that conversation because it's not a singular conversation. There's a lot of layers in this thing, and James is going to have that conversation later on for you this week. Uh, another thing that I came out of this game with, James, and this is going to be on the other opposite side of the spectrum, a not-so-good thing, uh, the Buccaneers got to figure out this running game during the bye week because uh, it's it's not good. And I'm not even talking about the offensive line, really, because, yes, the offensive line, certainly we all knew, and it's going to be a conversation all year long, could certainly be better and you know hopefully this time next year there will have been some things whether it's progression or whether it's replacements to make that unit better but Rashad White right now the only Buccaneers running back graded in the green according to PFF and as much as I love seeing the young Sun Devil graded in the green he needs some help neither Sean talk Sean Tucker Sean Tucker Sean Tucker or Keyshawn Vaughn has a yards per carry average over two yards neither of them has forced more than one force missed tackle per game on average Neither of them has a single explosive run on the resume this year, and the two have combined to run for one first down. Again, all that according to PFFs. We said it in the offseason. You said it. I said it. Rashad White can't do this alone. We love Rashad White. But the days of most NFL running backs or running back groups being one-back systems is nearly gone. Derrick Henry is probably the closest thing you really have. And even Tajay Spears, rookie out of, out of Tulane, is getting a lot of uh, more recent burn, I would, I would say, for the Tennessee Titans. But Rashad White right now has to carry the load by himself because Chase Edmonds is out until probably at least the Buffalo Bills game, if not a little bit longer. So what's the answer? The most obvious answer out there on the market, which is not going to happen, is Jonathan Taylor. But 
according to A to Z Sports, who had a, a reported inside report on the teams questioning the Colts about Jonathan Taylor's availability. The Dolphins, Packers, Steelers, Rams, Chiefs, Bills, Commanders have all reached out. Guess who hasn't? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which means they're rolling with Rashad White and these two other guys who credit to the UDFA for making an NFL roster. I applaud you, but they're not doing anything really to help Rashad White in this Buccaneers run game get off the ground. And Chase Edmonds, even if he comes back for that Bills game, again, he's coming back after missing four to six weeks of NFL action. He's not just going to, boom, show up against the Buffalo Bills and be running at the same clip that he was when he got injured. And that even I mean, that wasn't great, but it was certainly better than what we've seen so far. Yeah, the, the run game has been frustrating. And I know I've talked quite a few times on this show about sticking with the run game, even though the results aren't there. I keep bringing up John Cooper's quote. I'm not going to say it again. You know, people have heard it enough. But I, I keep bringing that up because even Dave Canales himself said that they're going to be stubborn with the run game and sticking with it, even though the results weren't there happened to work against the new Orleans saints on Sunday at the, at the end of the game, you saw Rashad white start to break off some chunk runs. Keyshawn Vaughn had a couple of decent runs, nothing fantastic, nothing great, but he had a couple of decent ones. And I did, uh, I did see Dave Canales talking about how Keyshawn Vaughn was kind of the number two running back in that game because he has seen the Saints more than any other running back in this stable because he's been here the longest. So, you know, that's why we saw more of him than we did Sean Tucker. I had assumed it was because Sean Tucker's production had gone down each week. So it was time to give somebody else an opportunity. But you're 100% right. It's not solely on the offensive line. Granted, some of the their issues are not helping matters. But, you know, we saw, you know, in two weeks now, the Buccaneers have a relatively effective running game. And then in two weeks, it just was completely stifled and non-existent. So there has to be there has to be a happy middle here. They can't go alternating weeks where there's no run game, then there is a run game. Something's got to be figured out. And, and you're 100% right on top of all the injuries that need to get right in this bye week. Dave Canales needs to go back to the drawing board, figure out how they can get these running backs to be more successful throughout the season and throughout games. Yeah, absolutely. And, and not just from this week, but we've got a stash it and trash it segment coming up here next on Locked on Bucks. We're not just sticking to this last week. I mean, we are sticking to this last week, but we're also talking about the first quarter of the season. The Buccaneers uh, three and one on top of the NFC South. Who could have seen it coming? Um, I'm going to give myself a little bit of credit because I saw it coming in the offseason, even though my regular season projection was a little bit off. We're not going to talk about that, though. But Stash and Trash are coming up next on today's episode of Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode of Locked On Bucks brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. They should be about as stressful as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game against the New Orleans Saints was because that was not very stressful. Sorry, Saints fans. It just, it just wasn't. Uh, with the Tampa Bay Rays in the Major League Baseball playoffs, you want to make sure that you're in the house for all the exciting October action and not dreading the ticket buying process. Game time is the fastest and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will even credit you 110% of that difference. It's the fastest growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get your images of your seats before you buy them. 
so you know exactly what you're going to see before you arrive. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, use the redeem code Locked On NFL for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks for bringing a locked on bucks for first listen or view today and every day, every day. Thanks as always for coming through on a regular basis like you do. Be sure you come back tomorrow as well as James and Evan Klosky of WTSP 10 Tampa Bay will be here to discuss all of the great things that happened in New Orleans, all the great things about to happen, and certainly some of the key things that need to happen during the bye week. Speaking of the bye week, the bye week is all about getting healthy, which, uh, Ironically enough, I think when we all saw the bye week on the schedule for the Buccaneers, we were not happy, not happy. But now you look at the Buccaneers roster, you're going, thank you. <clears throat> thank you, NFL. Appreciate you. Appreciate you for that early bye week. 100%. Uh, good thing the NFL's got the script. You know what I mean? We didn't have the script. We didn't know. Right. We didn't know, guys. We didn't know. But they knew. They knew. They were like, I hey, wanna, look. I want to know which one of the script writers decided to insert Taylor Swift into the NFL in week three. I mean, that's that's pretty creative, but I want to know what school do they go to? Because what's what's Pitt's rival? I don't know what Pitt's rival is, but uh, do they have a rival? I'm sure they do. I don't know. All Whoever Pitt's rival is, that's who the writers went to school with because they just hate all the Pitt players. I mean, Kenny Pickett going down like, I mean, Kalijah Cansey, you, you know what I mean? Servase Dennis, you got their young running back out there in New York that got injured and now Kenny Pickett's injured. Um, um, so according to this, their rivals are Cincinnati, Notre oh. Dame, which, okay. Uh, okay. Penn state, the, the in-state rivalry, Syracuse yeah. and West Virginia. I think it's interesting that Cincinnati is one of them because you have been a Bearcat supporter in the past. The Buccaneers are three and one. So I'm thinking whoever the Cincinnati Bearcat writer is that hates the Pitt Panthers also likes them some James Jarko. So that's that's the most obvious connection to make there. Let's yeah. get into Sasha and Trash It because we're two minutes into the segment and we're just <laughs> off the rails. Uh, I'm going to start with Stash. I'm going to go a little bit quicker so we have time to get all of this in. But I'm Stashing, and this is, isn't just from this last week, although it certainly is from this last week, but it's from the entire first quarter of the season. I'm Stashing Baker Mayfield. And yes, every dares, I am the Locked On Bucks co-host that said I did not want to see this team bring in Baker Mayfield. It wasn't. Because I hate Baker Mayfield, it was because I thought he would make them a middle-of-the-road team that would then take them out of the running for a future franchise quarterback. But Baker Mayfield has me believing, and I think a lot of Bucks fans believing, that this could be a playoff team. That this actually, I would say, is a playoff team pending health and, and everything else, right? Uh, that this is a playoff team, especially in the NFC South. I mean, they just boat raced the New Orleans Saints. And then Saints fans and Saints media, they're going to say, yeah, but Derek Carr's shoulder. Yeah, but, I don't know, Chris Olave being lazy, like, Rip my heart out, Chris Olave. You know what I mean? I support all my Buckeyes, and you're just out there roaming around the field like you're Devin White on Thursday night against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, and, and they're going to talk about a lot of you know, a lot of these injuries. And, well, well, Alvin Kamara just came back and everything else. The Buccaneers came in without Jamel Dean, and they mm-hmm. lost Ryan Neal in the very – what was it, snap one? Like, he was barely he was barely on the field longer than you or I were, James. Um, so let's not talk about injuries, Saints fans. The, the oh, Buccaneers oh. know a thing or two about uh, injuries. And let's not forget Baker Mayfield getting hit late and being folded oh, like a pretzel and then oh. shaking it off and being like, 
nah, I'm good. I'm going to go ahead and roast you for three touchdown passes. Yep. 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 Um, I like the outcast reference and I'm okay with the Taylor Swift reference because it's on par with the beat of the NFL right now. But anyway, Baker Mayfield through four games. Uh, top 10 in the NFL in completion percentage, 69.6. Top 15 in yards per attempt. Top seven in touchdowns. Top nine in interceptions. That's top nine. Lowest being number one to, you know what I'm saying? So that's a good that's a good top nine. Yeah. Uh, only four turnover-worthy plays, according to PFF. Only three passes batted down, which you, if you go back to training camp, that was a big storyline about the passes getting batted down the line of scrimmage. He's got seven throwaways this season. So if you take the throwaways off of his attempted passes, he's actually completing 72% of his passes. Second best pressures converted to sack percentage, not second most, second best, so second fewest of the top 32 snap getters at the quarterback position. Eighth best QBR in the NFL with a 101.9, one of only nine NFL quarterbacks through four games with a 100 plus QBR, uh, along with Ohio State Buckeye legend CJ Stroud. Pitt. He'll come crashing back down to earth. No, uh, at, at this point in time, uh, Baker Mayfield has proved every critic, every doubter, every everybody wrong. And if you are not buying in to what Baker Mayfield has done through the first quarter of the season, it's because you flat out do not want to. It has nothing to do with Baker and everything to do with the fact that you wanted to be the person that said Baker Mayfield is going to stink and you want to be right um, because Baker Mayfield is doing it all for this Buccaneers team with his arm, with his legs, with his personality, with his attitude, with his grit, with his toughness, all of it. So at this point, if you're not going to, if you haven't bought in, you're not going to. And to me, it, it, it seems like it's more personal. Uh, David, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to trash uh, a lot of people, and I'm going to get through this as quickly as I can, but my trash it is the national talking heads. So let's talk about CBS for a minute, where Will Brinson, Ryan Wilson, Tyler Sullivan, John Breach, and Jared Dubin all picked the Buccaneers to finish in dead last or third place in the, uh, the NFC South. Shout out to Pete Prisco. At least he picked the Buccaneers to finish second. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you a little bit of credit there. How about NFL.com and NFL Network? You had Adam Shine, who predicted that Derek Carr was going to get 12 wins. You had Keegan Abdu, Michael Baca, Mike Band, Judy Batista, Jeremy Bergman, Tom Blair, Brooke something or another, uh, Michael Florio, Leslie Frazier, Christian Gonzalez, Grant Gordon, Marcus Grant, Dan Hansis, Maurice Jones-Drew, uh, Steve Mariucci, Matt Okada, uh, Dan Parr, Kevin Patra, Adam Rank, Chad Roeder, Greg Rosenthal, Mark Ross, Mark Sessler, um, Nick Shook, uh, Brendan Walker, Lance Zerline, and more. I cut names off of this list. The That's Buccaneers. Arizona State Sun Devil great Brendan Walker, by the way. Well, he's not great at predictions. He wasn't great here, but he because was, he's great. not a single one of these experts picked the Buccaneers to win the NFC South. Then we have the sporting news that predicted the NFC South to finish in this fashion. Panthers at nine and eight, LOL. The Saints at eight and nine, the Falcons at six and 11, and the Buccaneers at four and 13. So barring the biggest collapse in NFL history, the sporting news is wrong. And they said, the Panthers may already have the best new starting quarterback in the division with Bryce Young having better pedigree at this point 
than Derek Carr, Desmond Ritter, and Baker Mayfield. Whoops. He also might get the best overall support from versatile skill players and defense. Whoops. The ed they edge the slight favorite Saints while the Falcons flop under Arthur Smith and the Bucks go back to lowly without Tom Brady. Then everyone at Pro Football Talk picked the Saints to win the NFC South. So once again, the national heads, the people that don't pay attention to the Buccaneers said, oh, Tom Brady retired. This team stinks. Yeah. Whoops. Well, it, it's just it's just another example of the overvaluation of quarterbacks. And listen, the quarterback is the most important position on the field. The, the quarterback player is the most important player on an NFL team. There's no doubt about that. But this belief that Tom Brady showed up and all of a sudden these Buccaneers pumpkins all turned into princes or princes uh, is is not the narrative. You know what I mean? This Buccaneers roster had talent before Tom Brady has talent after Tom Brady. And yeah, I mean, we've talked about this a lot during the offseason. Why people thought the Carolina Panthers were just suddenly going to take Bryce Young and become this super challenging team when they traded away the, the best weapon they had during the season last year. The only relative or, or relevant wide receiver. They had, look, Adam Thielen, I'm a fan, but the Minnesota Vikings opted to go with, what, the fourth or fifth drafted receiver in this year's rookie class instead of him. Like, they didn't trade him away or let him go and then move up to get, like, the best receiver in this year's class. They got rid of him. And they said, ah, eh, we'll wait for whoever we get. Zay Flowers, come on down. We got you. No problem. I mean, they did get go, go get Odell Beckham, too, but you get my point. You know what I'm saying? They went for a veteran coming off of an ACL and just whatever rookie fell into their lap versus Adam Thielen. That's not a good glowing endorsement but james we got two more things to stash and trash uh coming up next on today's episode of locked on bucks part of locked on podcast network your team every day FanDuel is america's number one sports book and right now new customers can bet five dollars and get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed plus all customers who bet five dollars will get 100 off nfl sunday ticket from youtube and youtube tv the tampa bay buccaneers were far and away the longest odds to win the NFC South. And through four weeks, they are sitting at three at one and clearly have the best quarterback in the division. But they still haven't done enough to convince FanDuel, who still has Tampa Bay with the second best odds to win the NFC South at plus 185, which means you could take advantage of FanDuel's clear Saints bias. What are you doing, Ross Jackson? And make $185 off of a $100 bet if the Buccaneers prove me, David, and all of you right by winning the NFC South Division crown sans Brady. But now is also the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Wrapping things up here on a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. David, let's run through the rest of this stash and trash before we get to some fun news about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And my stash it is Chase McLaughlin, the Illinois guy. I'm going to point to my block eye behind me. Uh, so far on the season, Chase McLaughlin, three for three from 20 to 29 yards, two for two from 30 to 39, oh for one from 40 to 49, but that one was blocked in the uh, the win against the Chicago Bears, two for two from 50 to 59, and seven for seven on extra points. So that means that Chase McLaughlin 
is 100% on his extra points, 87.5% on his kicks. He is bringing reliability. He is bringing confidence. He is bringing consistency. And yes, I, I liked Ryan Suckup as much as most of our, our listeners and viewers did, but McLaughlin's got a little bit more boom in that leg of his because we all knew that there was there was like normal field goal range and then there was suck-up field goal range where anything beyond like 45 yards, it was, it was a coin toss. Mm-hmm. McLaughlin, he's got the leg. He's booting them from over 50 yards. And again, for a team that had decade-long trouble at the kicker position, this is absolutely fantastic to see. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm going to follow that up with my my trash it for this quarter of football, and that's the Buccaneers' sack rate. Um, listen, the, the Buccaneers have wanted to get better uh, on their pass rush the last two years running, the last two off-seasons running. Last off-season did not go well. Losing Shaq Barrett certainly didn't help. This year they've got Shaq Barrett back. Uh, they haven't had Kalaja Kansi on the field very much, you know, almost not at all. Um, so that certainly isn't helping things either. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as a Todd Bowles defense will, uh, are blitzing a lot. They've blitzed more than 29 other NFL teams coming into week four. That has produced the 15th ranked sack per pass attempt percentage, 8.05%. Ahead of Monday Night Football, which has not finished before we uh, recorded this episode, Tampa Bay is currently tied for 10th in the NFL with 12 sacks on the year, which is not terrible, right? But, uh, and truth be told, the New York Giants, Seattle Seahawks would each need 10 sacks in this one game alone to even tie them. So most likely the Buccaneers are still 10th in the NFL in sacks right now as you're watching or listening to this episode. But when you're blitzing the third most in the NFL, you need to be better than top 10 because you're leaving your cornerbacks on, on islands. You're leaving your safeties in one-on-one coverage. You're leaving your linebackers against running backs and tight ends a lot when you're blitzing the third most in the National Football League. Tampa Bay, though, is eighth in pressures with 35 of them. So again, this isn't necessarily the pass rush is trash. What it is, this pass rush is good needs to be better if they can turn even three of those 35 pressures into sacks that would make the buccaneers the third best sack team in the nfl right now and that would go with their third highest blitz percentage so that's all i'm asking for 0.75 sacks per game more and i think that the drastic while that while it feels like a minuscule improvement in actual sacks i think it would have a drastic impact on what happens in buccaneers games yeah, I, I would like to see that improve. At the same time, I'll I'll play devil's advocate because I'll bet some of our listeners and viewers are saying this to their computer or their phone or wherever they're, they're listening to this. Um, the Bucks would probably be at that point if maybe the Saints and Eagles hadn't gotten away with some of the holds that they got away with. Um, mm, totally. I realize officiating, it hasn't been great. But it's yeah, it's not it's never also you, none of these officials are going to be perfect. Like there's 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 going to be mistakes, and the Buccaneers have benefited from some officiating mistakes. I'm not saying that the Buccaneers are the only team getting picked on, but there have been some times. And, and the one that that jumps out to me the most from Sunday's game was Yaya Diaby getting absolutely roped uh, right. on a very blatant hold. That did not get called. That's probably a sack. You had the Jalen Hurts touchdown pass to Zucchini on Monday Night Football that everyone was going crazy over. And it's like, yeah, there was a very I, dude yeah. got clotheslined, and that's probably a sack. Um, so yeah, I'm with you 100. The the um, 
the the sacks do need to go up a little bit, but you know, I think yeah, officials close. not being good. It must be an NFL season that ends in a Super Bowl. I'll tell you this real quick. I'm not going to say names or specifics, <laughs> but uh, myself and another media member were trying to have a, a very honest conversation with an official that was at a training camp about a rule, and we were asking a very innocent question, and said official got very defensive, like Ooh. very, and we were like. We're literally just asked for education, very defensive. And we're like, okay, we're, we're good. We're good here. We're good here. Um, yeah. Like I said, this isn't a bad point. I know it's trash. Right. So obviously right, like it, right. it comes with a kind of negative connotation. I'm not saying their pass rush is bad. I just want it to be better is what I'm saying. I want to see improvement for him uh, in the next quarter, but James, it is time for everybody to flex. I'm not, I know you're going to, yeah, I, I'm not flexing on this screen. Um, because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have been flexed. Uh, the Buccaneers and the NFL announcing that their week six game against the Detroit Lions, which is also significant because of why. It's creamsicle day. Oh, hang on. It's it's creamsicle day. I was not prepared. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I also didn't turn off the looping. That's that went <laughs> terrible. Um, the Buccaneers will play the Detroit Lions. In week six at 425 p.m. Eastern time instead of 1 p.m. Eastern time, which means the Bucks and Lions will join the Cardinals and Rams. Gross. Eagles and Jets. Gross at 425. Although the Jets, look, they did pretty good against Kansas City Chiefs. We'll see. Um, so the Buccaneers obviously going to play in a lot in front of a lot more eyeballs, James, now that they're in that mid-afternoon slot. What does that mean to you uh, and how important is that to you for the Buccaneers to be playing in that time slot? I don't know if it's really important to me so much as what it what it means. You know, my interpretation of why they did this is you have a team that likely in week six is going to be in first place of the NFC North. They were kind of one of those media darlings of the offseason. Everybody was jumping on the uh, the Detroit Lions bandwagon. Dan Campbell is eating, uh, you know, smoked and, and roasted kneecaps. And Jared Goff is looking somewhat competent. And you got Amon Ra, you got Jameer Gibbs, you got the David Montgomery bounce back. Yeah, it's a, it's a great story. It's a, it's a fun team to watch. But now they're taking on a team that really nobody expected to be in first place in their division. And I, I can't do the math that quickly in my head, but I think regardless of week five outcomes for the other NFC South teams, the Buccaneers would still be in first place because of the winning percentage. So like mm -hmm. the Saints can only cap out at like a 600 winning percentage if they're three and two, whereas the Bucs would still be sitting at 750. So you have two first place teams. And this game could have huge playoff implications down the line if you're getting into tiebreak scenarios, head-to-head -head wild card scenarios, all those things. So the NFL viewed this as an opportunity to say, look, we got these two teams right now that are both playing really good football. You have the Lions who invaded Lambeau. The Lions fans just filled that place up. They've beaten the Chiefs. They've beaten the Packers. Now you have the Buccaneers who have beaten the Vikings who you know were a playoff team the year before they kind of stink right now they've they're coming off of a division win against the saints they are the surprise three win team so people are going to want to watch that instead of the cardinals ugh. and then like you said i mean the the jets played well against the chiefs but 
Eagles are going to boat race them. I, I don't see Zach Wilson having back-to-back performances like, like no. that. Not at all. And, and like you said, worst case scenario. So I actually just went through uh, and played it out. If the Falcons beat the Texans next weekend, the Saints beat the Patriots, uh, and the Panthers beat the Lions, and even if the Bears beat the Commanders, the Vikings beat the Chiefs, and the Packers beat the Raiders, uh, the Lions and the Buccaneers are first place in each of their divisions. Boom. Even if that happens. So that's a first place matchup no matter what. And uh, the Panthers are not beating the Lions. So nope. that will certainly uh, be a thing. The Commanders had better beat the Bears or yep. y'all might see a lot more of me. I may be dropping a show. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah. And, and the good news is now that that game is at 425, you can all join in with me. I will be in Atlanta to watch the Washington Commanders defeat Taylor Heineke and the Atlanta Falcons. And uh, immediately afterwards, I'm going to do a whole lot of work and probably catch the very end of the Buccaneers game, but I will catch as much of it uh, as I can in real time. And uh, the commanders will actually do the Buccaneers a favor by putting the used to be predicted second or third best team in the NFC South, even deeper in a hole behind uh, the first place Buccaneers. You know, principles. that's if great. The commanders lose to the bears. Ugh. Maybe Ugh. they trade for Jameis Winston. No, uh, stop it. Stop it. If the commanders lose to the bear bears, I'm trading my home to whatever moves me to Tampa, Florida, and I will just cover the Buccaneers full time. All I'm saying is he can't be happy in New Orleans when they trust, uh, you know, he's not sprained AC joint guy liner to go out there and not even mm-hmm. break 100 yards until the fourth quarter because they still felt that he gave them a better opportunity to beat Ugh. the Buccaneers than Jameis Winston did. Um, and then Jameis proved them right by walking on the field. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, though, he's over one, over one with an interception. I was like, bro, I know what you're trying to do, but bro, stop it. You're not helping yourself. Look, I like Derek Carr. I'm not going to throw all the nicknames and insults at him, but, um, but I, mean, I liked him too. Yeah, I mean, now all bets are and, and And the report that the Saints said, well, we're not going to put him out there unless he's 100%. There is zero chance that Derek Carr was 100%. I'm sorry. That's just, that's just blatantly not true. I'm not calling him a liar. I'm not calling Dennis Allen a liar, but that's not true. But I will call him a fibber face. A fibber face. I will (laughs) say this case may be on fire, and Jameis Winston will not put them out if they are. No, he'll 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 probably find an accelerant with that we are going to get out of here everydayers make sure you are coming back tomorrow as evan klosky from 10 tampa bay joins me for a wtsp wednesday we'll get his takeaways from the saints game and get his takeaways from the first quarter of the buccaneers season in the meantime of course you can check out everything that we are doing on twitter at locked on bucks at jarco underscore bucks and at d harrison 80 Two, we want to thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listener review every single day. Uh, yeah, that about does it. Check out David's work over at BucksGameDay.com. Check out mine over at BucksNation.com. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, fire the cannons. Thank you so much for joining us right here on Locked On Bucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 